Hey everyone, it's Rebecca Lee Bentham here, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Wander in Wonder. Today is Friday, April 3rd, 2020, and it's been approximately two weeks since my last podcast. My initial plan was to do a weekly podcast, but I ended up just pushing it off um, day after day, and to be honest, I started having these feelings of actually not wanting to do this podcast anymore. And I know it sounds horrible because I literally just started and this is just my second episode. But it's not that I've lost interest or haven't been trying, but it's more that whenever I go to record an episode, I've been having a tough time just getting past the intro and I would even prepare for my podcast by making talking points but at the end of the recording I would just delete because I didn't want to share something I wasn't satisfied with and something just always felt off and honestly this drove me a little crazy because I felt like I was wasting my time and I started to think that podcasting Maybe it just wasn't for me, but I don't want to give up so quickly. And I had to kind of realize what was getting in the way. And I feel like that was fear and not to be a Debbie Downer, but I think that I've honestly been fighting against some depression and dealing with a lot of fear and anxiety lately. I feel like a lot of thoughts and emotions have been running around with this whole coronavirus situation and the news is constantly playing in the background and all I hear throughout the day is COVID updates and all the problems that are arising around the world. I'm constantly on my phone and on social media looking at all the COVID Instagram posts, the memes, um, people are making songs, you name, you name it. And even as I chat with my friends, I'm continuously getting links to COVID articles and it's become a big chunk of my everyday conversations. Without really realizing, I think my mind is definitely getting overwhelmed and despite the overload Of all this information, I think I'm really struggling with the fact that there's still so much unknown. A month ago, I was in Florida for the first tournament of the 2020 season. And for those that may not know, I am a professional golfer. And I started playing at the age of 12 because of my father who introduced me to the game. Uh, After high school, I ended up getting a golf scholarship at the University of Texas and just after my freshman year, I turned pro at the age of 19 and ended up finishing top 10 at the final stage of Q school and earned my LPGA Tour card the fall of 2011, which then led me to play golf around the world from 2012 to 2016 and during that time 
it was it was quite the journey I would say and there was a lot of a lot of up and down moments but ultimately I decided to call it quits and have an early retirement from playing competitively after the Canadian Women's Open the fall of 2016 and of course I had a lot of people ask me why I decided to stop playing so early on in my career and looking back 24 is pretty young but there were just so many factors involved in making that decision and knowing what I know now if I if I were to go back in time I probably would still make that same decision because besides the hard work the sacrifice um, the constant travel injuries pressure to perform well, all that. Besides all that, one of my main goals in life was to help others and to be a positive impact on others. And what ultimately made me leave the tour was when I realized I wasn't doing any of that. I realized I got to a place where I became very stagnant, stuck, and to be honest, I woke up a lot of days just miserable. And how can anybody who is miserable help others? So if anything, I just felt like I was at a point where I was dragging others down. So that's when I said enough is enough. And I knew there was more to life than golf. And for so long, I believed that success in my career as a golfer dictated my happiness and my fulfillment in life but I knew that wasn't true so when I decided to call it quits I moved back home to Toronto from Florida where I spent about five years um, during those years on tour and the whole decision and the process was not easy but fortunately I had some pretty great people around me to just support me in that transition and someone I actually never met before but now consider a good friend of mine Bradley Ryle reached out to me through social media when I announced that I would be leaving the tour and he pitched the idea of me working with him at his golf academy out in Mississauga. I knew that if my competitive career ever happened to not work out coaching would be something that I could always fall back on and I always felt like the hard work I put in would never go in vain because I'd have the skills and the knowledge to have a pretty successful career in coaching but with that being said I don't think I really had a passion or an interest in coaching and I felt like it wasn't something that would come natural to me and also at the time I think I was also pretty young and it it takes a certain level of maturity to coach others but yeah throughout my my youthful years of playing I remember there would be times when my family members like my sister would ask me to teach them how to swing and yeah let's just say that it didn't go so well and I I realized I was not the most encouraging and patient person when it came to coaching So when that day came around and Bradley asked me to join his academy, 
I was definitely hesitant, but I felt like I really had nothing to lose. And there was this new opportunity to gain because I was literally starting from nothing at this point. And the first few lessons that I taught were pretty tough for me. And like I said, I I definitely wasn't a natural when it came to teaching. And I even started to get anxiety because I was afraid of disappointing my clients and not making them better after they spent their time and their money to learn from me. So then I became really determined to get better at coaching because I knew deep down I had a lot to offer from my past experiences and so I started reading a lot of golf books. I started taking notes from other instructors and really started ingraining myself with the fundamentals so that I could build a swing from the ground up. I knew I had a lot of good information from my past experiences after working with dozens of high-performance coaches from all around the world, but I knew I needed to improve my ability to diagnose all different types of swings and just to be more strategic and confident in the way I explain my advice to my clients. And through a lot of studying, trial and error, I became more and more confident with my coaching abilities and I actually developed new passion for learning. I also developed more of a passion for just the game of golf itself and appreciating everything it had to offer. I love working with kids and besides just teaching them the swing, I saw golf as an opportunity to teach them a lot of really good habits and traits like hard work and honesty, patience, perseverance, respect, confidence, list goes on and seeing the kids just be excited to learn and to see them grow gave me a joy that I never really had when I was playing. Growing up, I was pushed pretty hard by my father and he was a typical tough Asian parent who didn't show his love through kind words or affection, but he did so by pouring everything he had to see me succeed. And looking back, I do realize how much he did for me, but as a child, you you rarely ever realize that or see that. And it was tough for me growing up because I remember just questioning a lot whether my father truly loved me or if all he cared about was my success in golf. And I remember one of my coaches telling my father that for every criticizing statement he would say to me, he would have to offset it with a hundred positive and encouraging statement. But my father was a type that was just the complete opposite. And I barely remember any positive or encouraging words um, from my dad unless I had just won a tournament and even then, it wouldn't last very long because it was always about preparing for what was next. He would always tell me that I started playing at a later age than most of the other kids and that we didn't have the same amount of money and the privilege. Um, so in order to compete against them, I would have to work harder than anybody else. He would tell me stories about Tiger Woods, Vijay Singh, Sari Pak, all the top players in the world and tell me how they would train like nobody else. He 
would tell me how they hit a thousand balls a day, sun up to sundown, and how Sari's dad would make her wear these ankle weights and run through the cemetery at night to toughen her up. And every day he just stressed the importance of outworking everyone in order to succeed. So my relationship with golf growing up was always a love-hate relationship. I loved it because it was all I really knew. And I got good relatively quickly um, because of all the hard work. And just after a couple of years, um, my handicap was a scratch. And I remember things like at the age 15, I became the youngest to win the Ontario Women's Amateur competing against women of all ages. Um, I got picked to play on Team Canada. Uh, I competed in the Summer Games and a lot of different events around the world. I got to travel a lot because of golf. And I really love the game because of just those rare opportunities that it provided for me. Coming from a low middle class family. But there was a lot of hate that also came with it. There were a lot of sacrifices I felt like I had to make. I couldn't hang out with my friends after school and I missed out on a lot of holidays with family due to just traveling for events and just the constant stress of balancing schoolwork and golf and just feeling like I never had that chance to relax and enjoy my childhood. And then there was the constant pressure to perform at a very high level. And a lot of times I felt like I was letting my dad down. I was letting my coaches down. I was letting the country down and myself down ever, every time that I played bad or had a bad round. And and let me tell you, in the game of golf, you pretty much play well, maybe 5% of the time. So you just think about all the times that I felt really bad. And it's different than, golf is different than other sports because it isn't simply just win or lose against your opponent. It, you're constantly playing against your own standards, which most players tend to set very high for themselves. And say a golfer were to hit 10 shots and rates each shot from 1 to 10 based on how good he hit it, 1 being bad and 10 being perfect. And say after hitting those 10 shots, the average was about 4. But he was able to hit 1, maybe 2, Nine out of ten, uh, at an eight out of ten, and you would expect that his standard to be a four or five because that his that's his average, right? But it's different. His expectation is probably an eight or a nine because he knows that he was able to hit it that well. But one of the toughest parts about golf is consistency, which is what most players tend to forget. So that's what happened to me, at least. I would shoot these under par rounds or these really good rounds, and then that became my standard. And 
I was always down whenever I didn't achieve my very best. And the expectations I put on myself were pretty unrealistic. And of course, it's good to set high expectations, but I I also just let my emotions and my self-worth be dictated too much by those unrealistic expectations that I set. So, yeah, I think it's important to set high but also realistic expectations and to not let your failures dictate who you are or your self-worth because what I didn't realize back then was that I was more than just a golfer and I had to remember that my self-worth wasn't just based on what I shot that day and that's something that took me a long time to realize and even throughout my years on tour I I would find myself um, letting my results dictate my happiness and how I, I felt about myself. So ultimately I found myself in just a very unhealthy cycle of emotions which all eventually went away through coaching and I think I learned more during the couple years of coaching than I did the many many years of playing and throughout my career I worked with a lot of different sports psychologists and mental coaches but I feel like I learned the most when I was able to step out and see things from a completely new perspective and so one thing that really brought me to a better place when I stopped playing and moved back home to Toronto was going to church regularly again. I grew up in a Christian home, but once golf completely took over my life, I couldn't take Sundays off. And there were times that I used to have to fight my dad to be able to go to church. And he believed in the no days off mentality and Once I made it on tour, our final rounds were typically played on Sundays. So when I stopped playing and I moved back home to Toronto, I made it a priority to find a home church that I can go to regularly. And once I started going, I found a really great community of people and volunteered a bit of my time to serve at the church. And I truly loved it because I saw the church grow and I was reminded that even though I am just one person, that I can do something to serve a bigger purpose that benefits more than just myself. I saw saw people who were broken, just like I was a little broken when I first stepped into the church. And it's amazing to just see that they're able to, or we are able to find peace and hope in our lives, right? So... Through this whole coronavirus fiasco, my mind has definitely been wandering in all sorts of directions and at first it felt surreal and it was hard to believe what was going on and and really I don't think anyone really knew what was going on. Everything definitely escalated really quick and I mean, a few weeks ago, I was in Naples, Florida, staying with some friends for a week, and I remember doing a phone interview with a lady who was writing up a cover story for for our next event that was going to be held in California. And we talked for a solid 20 to 30 minutes, and 
At the end, she told me that the story was going to be released the following week, just before the event. And then, not even an hour later, I got an email from the tour stating that due to this whole pandemic, our events would be cancelled until at least May, and that we would be getting updates. And so I had to cancel all my travel plans for the next couple months, and had to cancel all my flights, hotels, rental cars, and then I bought a flight home to Toronto. And after playing out several scenarios, I figured it would be best to be around my family and friends and universal healthcare during these pretty unprecedented times. So I flew home on Monday, March 16th, and I did my best attempt to self-quarantine myself, but I'll be honest, it wasn't easy, and I won't go into the details of it all, but the good news is, is that it's been over two weeks and no symptoms, so corona-free, so that's the good good news, but even though my two weeks of self-quarantine is over, I feel like not much has changed because I feel like all of Toronto is forced to stay home anyways and quarantine themselves, so... It seems like this whole life of self-isolation is going to go on for at least a little while longer. So so yeah, some of this still feels surreal to me and sometimes I catch my mind wandering to a place where I actually find awe in all of this. And my boyfriend thinks I'm psycho because I said that I actually find the situation cool and obviously it's not cool that people are getting sick and dying and losing jobs, but what I mean by that is that we are getting to experience something so unique in our lives. And what is currently happening is something that obviously a lot of us probably never imagined, but it's pretty eye-opening the deeper you look into what is going on. And we are all entering uncharted territories and like I mentioned in my last episode I really believe it's the new and the unexpected moments in life that bring out the most meaning so yeah I'll be honest with everything going on there are times that my mind has also wandered into really dark places and even now I have a hard time finding motivation and as the days go by I feel very lethargic. I've been going to bed later, waking up late, um, not eating as healthy as I should. And for the first time in my life, I had a blackout moment where I fainted and fell to the ground. Uh, This happened a few days ago and, and I'm not exactly sure what caused it, but I'm sure it's just the combination of everything that's been going on. And yeah, I've had moments of just feeling really confused, anxious, fearful, and a little bit useless, to be honest. Hopeless and useless. And all day, um, I I feel like I've been exposing myself to really what the world has to say through the news and a lot of social media. And I feel like I started getting really sick of just looking at all the superficial posts and those news feeds and... I knew that if I wanted to get myself out of this dark hole that I was burying myself into, I really had to get away from all that noise that was making my head hurt. And I needed to start praying more. And 
going to God for answers rather than spending all my time reading through every news article there is. And I knew the main reason why I got into a dark place was because I started replacing God with a lot of worldly substance. And so I know, I know I, I need to press pause with everything that's just going on and find a place of stillness. And I've realized that a lot of my feelings of anxiety and fear was stemming from just losing so much control and living in so much unknown. And I feel like most of us are under the illusion that we are in control. But the truth is that we actually have so little control. Just like what we're facing now in this world, it's like tomorrow is always an unknown. But despite all that, despite not having full control, I realize it doesn't mean that our actions don't matter. And actually, our our actions matter a lot. And it's funny, one simple action from one person has the ability to affect the entire world. And all it takes is one person to spread a virus. But it also just takes one person to spread a good deed. And I feel like the coronavirus isn't the only thing that's spreading at this time. And I'm actually seeing reactions and emotions spread way more, way faster than the virus. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of fear spread lately and a lot of racism and hatred. But then I'm also seeing acts of kindness and generosity uh, spread. I'm seeing words of encouragement and love. And what I've realized is that ultimately we choose what we spread and dictate the environment that we live in. So I asked, do we want to live in a world of hate and fear or a world of love and faith? And realize just like remembering that we all matter and affect the world that we live in and so that gives me just a reason to believe that we all have a purpose in life but yeah those are just I guess some of the things that have been on my mind or going on with me recently and I really hope that we're all able to take time to reflect to reset and find peace during this crazy time and remember even though it may feel lonely given the circumstances that we are all social distancing for the greater good it's important to remember that you are not alone and this is a tough time for everyone and you truly don't know what others are going through so Let's not be so quick to judge others and react out of fear, but instead, let's remember to stay calm and tackle this with empathy, love, and consideration towards one another. And something that has really helped me through this time is reading the Bible. And if you're like me and have a hard time actually going through the pages of the Bible, I recommend uh, Bible plans on the Version app and this week I did one titled scared of the unknown which definitely encouraged me to not lose hope and to just remember that there is a much bigger picture to all of this so 
yeah so just thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast and i strongly encourage you to take the next 10 to 15 minutes to just turn everything off and try to just be still in the moment and maybe step outside in an isolated area and enjoy that fresh non-polluted air that we now get to experience but yeah i think it's just important to take some time to reflect on things that you're grateful for and what truly matters in your life but yeah that's it for now so until next time stay safe and stay healthy bye